Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. And of course, we are both sheltering at home during the current coronavirus pandemic. So we're recording our podcast introductions on a Zoom call today. The story you're about to hear was told in March of 2020 at our storytelling events at the Durango Arts Center and the Sunflower Theater, when the theme was firsts and lasts. Bailey Carlson is an avid skier, hiker, and all-around adventurer. He has three dogs, one who is long and stubby, one who is blind, and one who is not the sharpest tool in the shed. He loves to take them on any adventure he can, big or small. When not behind a desk or enjoying the Durango views, Bailey can be found at many of the various open mics performing poetry or stand-up comedy. Here is Bailey's story. The first time I was considered a woman was when I got my first period, like like many women. Except for me, it didn't feel quite right. It always felt really off and awkward. Most things that that went with being a woman never felt right to me. When I was young enough to still take baths with my brothers, I was in the bathtub with, with my brother Ben and my mom was watching us and I, I looked at my mom and I said mom when am I going to get a penis and my brother looked over at me and said don't worry Bailey you'll grow one when you're older <laughs> that's a lie <laughs> one year for Easter My mom really wanted me to wear a dress. We went around into the store and we couldn't decide on anything. I was probably five or six years old. So my mom and I compromised. I wore a skort that came with a baseball cap. (laughs) Typical women things just didn't really mesh with me. But I I wanted that sense of belonging. So I, I did those things. I hung out with the girls. Um, sleepovers were one of the things that really made me uncomfortable, but I went to them anyways. Typically, the sleepovers that I had, we would have them, you know, in the in the basement of somebody's house or or somebody's room or whatnot. And the girls would all huddle in one corner, and they'd be in their little cuddle puddle, and and they. <laughs> it's true. They would all be together, and most of the time, I would go over to another corner with my one blanket, and I'd curl up in a ball as tight as I could by myself, and I'd shiver half of the night. And most of the time, I would, I would go up, and I would use the landline at about 2 in the morning, and my mom would pick me up. There was one sleepover in particular that the girls were feeling extra feisty, and they really wanted to do makeovers. I never wanted a makeover, but but this time they wouldn't take no for an answer. And at first it was kind of a game. They they were kind of chasing me around, and, and then I realized it was serious as one of the girls had grabbed my arm. And so I started fighting back, but but by the time I knew it, there were so many girls, and I was on the ground, and I had one girl holding each arm, 
and I had one girl on each leg, and one girl was sitting on my chest, and another girl was holding my head. And they started putting, putting the makeup on me. And if you know middle school girls in makeup, they cake it. <laughs> and they started caking this makeup on my face. And it was like society had grabbed my head and leaned in and whispered and said, this is how it has to be. This is who you are. This is who you have to be. Suck it up and take it. And I hate makeup. I hate the feeling of it, that weird kind of gross, acrylic-y type feeling. I hate the smell of it. I hate the fakeness of it. And as soon as the last girl got off of me, I stood up as fast as I could, and I bolted to the restroom. And the girls chased after me, and they tried to open the door as I was trying to close the door behind me. But the adrenaline was running so fierce, at that point, I was able to close the door behind me and lock it. And I looked in the mirror, and I saw these, these red blush circles and, and this eyeliner and this caked-on lipstick as I heard the girls yelling behind me, Bailey, come out. Bailey, we bet you look beautiful. Bailey, come on. And I hated every part of me in that moment. I turned on the water. And I turned it on as hot as I could bear. And the thing is, I was still a nice and considerate kid, so I didn't use their towels. <laughs> and I cupped the water in my hands, and I started scrubbing my face as hard as I could. I, even, I started picking at my eyelashes to try to get the mascara off. And I started scrubbing my face, and I didn't care how much it hurt. I just wanted the makeup off. And at that moment, it was like I was trying to take every last bit of femininity off of my face, but I couldn't do it. It was there, and it was never going away. I found a picture a few years back from when I was at another sleepover, and this was like the house of all houses that you went to. It was my friend's birthday party. She had a pool. I'm pretty sure they even had a slide going down into their pool. It was the place to be. It was a luau theme. And there's all of these girls, because, you know, girls only party. There's all these girls in their bikinis or their one pieces. And we took this picture by the pool. And they all have their hands in the air and, and hands are the hips or hugging each other so fiercely. And just huge smiles on their faces. You know, it's a big party. And most of them are soaking wet because they had just played in the pool. And if I recall correctly, my excuse for not getting in the pool that day was because I was having ear issues and I couldn't get water in my ear. And I looked over at this picture and I saw all of these smiling, happy faces and then I looked over at myself, and I was standing there. I was wearing a baseball cap. Not much has changed. <laughs> I was wearing a baggy T-shirt, and I was wearing my brother's hand-me-down jeans. And I had my arms not even comfortably crossed my body, but one of these to cover my chest. And I had a smile that said, I'm going to smile, but I really hate it here. During the times of MySpace, when I was in eighth grade, 
I, I read an article about this individual that was born with both sets of genitalia and the parents opted to have the, the male set uh, removed and to raise this child as female. And I remember thinking, holy shit, that's what my parents did to me. I remember being absolutely convinced that my parents had cut off my penis as a baby and never told me. Transgender was not a term that I had known. And so I didn't know how to explain myself. It wasn't until I got to college that I met an individual and later down the line I learned that he was transgender. And I remember thinking, wow, I could never do that. I could never put myself through that. But in all reality, I was jealous at his courage and his authenticity and the strength it took to be the person he truly was. I thought when I came out as a lesbian, it would solve all of my problems, and it didn't. It made things almost worse, in a sense. I still felt like I had something missing that there was something still so off and so wrong about me. I thought I hated looking at myself in the mirror because it was a lack of confidence, not because I felt like it was in the wrong body. I had a dream one night that I had a beard. And I was in the mirror and I was shaving. And I woke up from that dream so euphoric. And then I looked in the mirror and I saw my face with nothing on it. And I got so sad. So I decided that I needed to bring this up with my therapist. So I was sitting in my therapist's office and it's the last five minutes of our session and she said, Bailey, I feel like there is something else that is on your chest. And I'm pretty sure I, I actually looked down at my clothes and I saw my heart starting to beat through my chest. The walls were closing in, I was sweating, I was panicked and I blurted out, I think I'm transgender. And my therapist went, okay, that's loaded. Let's schedule your next session. <laughs> we did, we, and we started, we started talking, and I took the steps to start socially transition. And then later down the line, I, I, took, I took the steps to get on testosterone. I've been on testosterone injections for about five and a half months now. My... my <laughs> I have uh, the low, sultry voice I've always wanted <laughs> with, with occasional prepubescent voice cracks. <laughs> I have about five chin hairs that I'm super proud of. <laughs> I, I recently started a new job and they took staff pictures and we went outside, we took this picture. I was, I was feeling kind of eh that day because I wasn't wearing my chest binder that it compresses the breasts to, to 
to make you look like you have a flat chest. So I, I was wearing a jacket and I was a little more hunched over, but I thought I'm going to try to look as, as kind of beefy and, and masculine as I can. And they took this picture and, and I kept staring at this picture. And I couldn't stop staring at it all day because that was the first time I ever looked at a picture and thought, wow, that's a man. Thank you. Thank you, Bailey, for telling your story. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. We can't wait to gather together again and connect to the magic of live storytelling. Our May events are unfortunately canceled due to coronavirus concerns, but we are hopeful that we'll be able to host our SLAM storytelling event in September when the theme will be Lost Found. And we are especially excited about our event in November when the theme will be Letting Go, Holding On. That event will be in collaboration with 20 Moons Contemporary Dance Theater Company, providing interpretive movement and music alongside the storytelling. So don't miss it. Check the events page at ravennarratives.org for more information. And don't forget to subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and share these stories with your friends and family. During times like these, we are especially grateful for all of the stories from the Raven Narratives archives over the past four years. Big thanks goes to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about all the important projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at mancusvalleyresources.com. The website for buying Raven Narratives tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Find out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com. Our theme music was written and composed by Mo Cooley and performed by Mo and the Motones. Find out more about their music on the Motones Facebook page. That's M-O-E Tones on Facebook.